0: Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings. I don't have a whole lot of time tonight because uh, Brother Al is dragging things out here. Amen. That's all right. Um, man, we need to pray for those missionaries in those uh, uh, tough countries. You know, they've been in this pulpit. We've supported them for decades. And now forces have come in to shut them down and shut down the message of Christ. But we find in the world that where persecution comes against people who believe in Jesus, Usually it thrives. And so maybe it'll come here and we'll thrive here one day. Amen. Maybe that's what it'll take for this city to turn their hearts to God. Amen. I don't know. Hey, I'm so blessed. Christmas, Jesus keeps coming. Uh, today someone brought in my office a bunch of fresh eggs, man. Look at this. Is this cool? I don't know if I can get this thing opened. Look at that. And all different kinds of colors. They're speckled. They're white. They're tan. I heard they got some blue ones. I didn't get no blue ones. It says a uh, Rome's Roost established 2017, and I uh, got these from Wendy Rome. You know they they got all kinds of chickens out there lays eggs. Matter of fact, uh, Trey was saying that they they have uh, eaten chickens too. Is that right? And they 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 killed 15 of them the other day. You guys are like heathen, man. You know. I, I don't eat chickens like that. I eat ones that. I don't ever die. It's what I eat, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. First Kings chapter 21, just four verses. I uh, want to talk about, you know, how we behave as Christians, you know. Uh, the, 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 the toughest thing in my life, uh, I think it was Dale Moody, he said, they asked him, they said, what, what's been the toughest part of your ministry where you've had the most adversarial problems? And he said, the biggest problems I've had in my ministry is my own self. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, it's a battle that we, we have all the time, uh, uh, not focusing on self, but fo- focusing on the things of God. Uh, it's just natural. Even in our, our daily agenda, we promote ourselves. We we build our world around self. Uh, we give God, even Christians give God just the leftovers of their lives instead of the, the best part of their life. I've always wondered, if you throw that map on the screen, guys, you got it. There you go. This is a There's three times you'd look at Israel. If you looked at a a map of Israel, there'd be a time where there'd be 12 tribes up there. That's when Israel came in under the judges after they came out of uh, uh, slavery from Egypt. This would be the second map you would see where the nation of Israel is broken up in two different parts because they had a division among their kings. The southern part is Judah. uh, The northern part is Israel. Samaria, um, um, that's... uh, did they spell that right? It doesn't look right. they always spelling something wrong up there, man. I don't know if it's to throw me off or what. I don't know, but that would have been the capital. We're going to look at King Ahab, probably 850 years before Christ. Israel is still a powerful place, uh, and uh, Ahab is the king there, and that's where that takes place right there, uh, the text we have today. But I look at the Bible, and I try to think, okay, so... How did a a person before Christ, before the Gospels, before the New Testament, how did they see God? They saw God the same way we see God. They would worship. They would worship God. uh, uh, They they, they went to synagogue to learn the Word of God. Uh, They had to have faith in God to be forgiven of their sins. The Old Testament, just like the New Testament, deals with our faith in God, And would you say, would you say, well, my faith is in Christ? Someone prayed it already. I think it's Dr. Rockwell. Okay, Jesus is God. Do you understand that? Our faith is in God, the creator. He is the savior of the world. And so the Old Testament, just like the new, there are so many practical things in the New Testament about how to behave as a Christian. But the same thing is found in the Old Testament. Behavior is... As a believer, okay? It deals with our faith and our behavior as followers of God. Uh, uh, So here we see a story, and and I'm just going to read a few verses about a king. And it's an amazing thing. Here's a king. You're the king. What is denied of you when you are the king? Verse 1 And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, who's a good, godly man, the Jezreelite, because uh, that's where that's where um, uh, uh, that's where the kingdom was. There, Jezreel had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard or close by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, "He's his neighbor. Give me thy vineyard that I may have it uh, uh, have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee." for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Sounds like uh, the uh, what the right-of-way authority. Hey, we like your property. We're not going to ask you. We're just going to take it from you. And we're going to give you what we thinks worth of it. Amen? That always works out great. Um, and Naboth said to Ahab the king. He's the king. What do you say to the king? The Lord... He brings God into the situation. The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house, heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed, and turned away his face, and would not eat. The king. He couldn't get one more thing. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27, it says the eyes of man are never satisfied. If it takes something else that I need to get or you need to get to make us happy, then we're looking for happy in the wrong place. You can never get enough stuff. It is the most amazing to me how this, this selfishness, and again, here's the king. Probably his first problem as you study the word of God in the book of Deuteronomy and other places, that the, the kings were commanded by God to every time someone took the kingship, they were supposed to made a copy of the word of God at that time. All right? They were supposed to copy it. The scribes were supposed to copy it, and they were supposed to read it all the time to keep the word of God before them. Amen. When we get away from the word of God, when we don't know what the word of God says, we live any way we want to. Even the Christian who used to serve God, who used to read the Word of God, we get away from God. And we begin to determine what's right in our own eyes. We begin to determine what God's will for our life is. So it's amazing to me that he, he, he wanted this, this thing and was so sad about it. And again, the, if he'd have been reading the Word of God, I can't believe that he would have been able to err so greatly. There's some things here that have been found in the Word of God. He had the book of Psalms. At this time, they had the book of Psalms. Verse 21, uh, chapter 24 and verse 1 says this, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's all God's. That principle established is established in the Old Testament just like it is established in the New Testament. Again, we talk about stewardship, stewardship a lot when we go into the new year, what you own today and what I own today is lent from us, lent to us from God. It don't belong to us. The fullness. I ain't got a whole lot of that fullness, but I got some of it. And what I got belongs to God. If you read the verse, I forget exactly how it says. It says, the earth is the Lord's. He's the creator. He lends things to us. And the fullness thereof And I think it goes on, it says, and all that dwell therein. It's all God's. He created us. And we don't understand, even as a king or just a a Baptist preacher or working folk, we don't understand that principle. We'll never get things right in our life. We'll we'll always think that it belongs to us and we're we're doing God a favor by taking our talent and serving Him. Boy, I... I'm going to help God's work out a little bit, amen, you know? Or we take our tithe that we give to God. Boy, God got it good for me, didn't he, amen? I make a good living. I gave a good tithe. Boy, God's lucky he's got me. We look at everything wrong because the principles in our lives are wrong. In Acts chapter 6, 17, verse 26, it's the same thing, the same principle. It goes on, it says, uh, and he hath made one blood all people, uh, all people, yeah, I think it's people of the earth, for to dwell on the face of the earth. It's all God's. It's all God's. And if we don't get principles right, we get life wrong. And, and even, But it's, it's inherent in all of us. Uh, I know I'm not talking about y'all's children. I'm talking about other people's children tonight. But I've seen children. I've seen lovely children, beautiful children, so well behaved. And I remember a situation once at a daycare and... I always thought so well of this little child, three, four, five years old, so well behaved until I saw someone, some other child, grab their toy that they brought to school. It went to a fit of rage. I go, this is like, this is what happened. You know, what happened here? It's inherent in all of us to be self-centered, okay? That's what happened to all Satan, man. He said, I will exalt myself is what he'll do. That's all, we're just like Satan when we're this way. We exalt ourselves. If this guy, if this guy Ahab, would have been reading the word of God, he wouldn't have made this mistake. Right in the beginning, in the beginning of the law, it says, thou shalt not covet. Amen. But we covet, and we work for things, and these principles in our lives are all messed up. Man, we messed up. I, I try not to say things, but then I give up, you know. I, I've, I've been watching our um, our media. What a wonderful bunch of people. Everybody wonders why the world's on fire. We, you know, we got 535 people that we elect to represent us in this country. How blessed we are. We don't have dictators. We don't have kings. We choose the people to go represent us. And I watch those people fight with each other and argue with each other on the floor of the Senate or the House, call each other names, and they wonder why our country's divided. Man, they need to get back to reading the Bible before they start doing things. But you go back a long time ago, that's what they did. They would read Scripture. They would pray sincerely before they began to meet, to lead. Listen, listen. You, you guys have expectation for me to behave a certain way. Everybody should have that. God-ordained government. It's an amazing thing how we promote ourselves, even over the people that we're supposed to represent and look out for their best interests. Um, I tell you what, we, we can see it in everybody else, but like me, it's so hard to see that selfishness and that self-centeredness in myself uh, I, 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 see it every once in a while, um, uh, every, every once in a while, someone will say, well, you know, I think it, I don't, they're looking for words, they're grasping for words. I'm not sure you got that one right, preacher. And I go, what? Who are you talking to, man? <laughs> and there's old big old ugly self, amen? What, you know? I've learned to say just, well, I'm doing the best I can, amen. I ain't got much to work with, but I'm doing the best I can with me tonight. Yeah. All right. Galatians 6:10 says this is we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. My life is supposed to be worshiping God and loving people. It's that simple. Anything short of that, I have failed to what God's Word has commanded me to do. I tell people all the time, get your eyes off yourself, get your eyes on someone else and helping them, and you'll forget about your own problems, and you'll be a joyous, happy person. You might be tired, but you'll be joyous and happy. That is the principles found in the Word of God. The irony about this Ahab guy, and many of you know the story. Some of you at home, some of you here don't know the rest of the story. He sets Naboth up, He has men lie about him and say that he blasphemed God and they put him to death. Absolutely incredible for a piece of land. That's the nature, that is the sin nature of us when we don't have the leading of God's word in our lives and the spirit of God in our lives. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. The eyes of man are never satisfied Never satisfied, Proverbs says. We always want something else, reaching for something else to make us happy. And God says they'll never do it. The problem is it, it breeds contempt among other people, covetousness. There's so many, there's so many um, emotions and things that God has given to us, and they're all perfectly fine until they're bent the wrong way. And the purpose of them is about us. See, I can hate with a righteous indignation, just like God. I can hate sin and love people at the same time. I, I can do. I can have emotions if they're not perverted. The Bible says. And if you know anything about the, the the text here, this guy has a wife. She's a she's a stinking mess, Jezebel. She is the one. He is the perpetrator. I don't know what this guy's life was like, but I know he couldn't have been looking at the Word of God. He couldn't have been reading it like he's commanded to. He, uh, he couldn't have been obedient to it like you're supposed to. He was the perpetrator of this whole thing that's going to cost a, a dear man, a good man, a good man his life, a principled man whose life is going to be taken. And his wife and his ear, he his wife in his ear. She is the enabler. She permits him and even encourages him to commit the sin. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs 2? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes it's hard to wound people, though, amen? And notice the verse, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you haven't befriended someone, I'm not sure that you have the right to wound them. You need to work on friendships there, okay? A real friend to tell someone what's going on in their life that ain't right. We, 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 there are people with uh, personalities that, uh, I don't want them mad at me. I'm going to leave this alone. Problem is, when God makes me aware of something, God makes you aware of something, He says, you better do something about it. Amen. We don't get to walk away from it. Think about that. God holds us, us accountable for the things that we know and how we behave and how we deal with things according to Scripture. My whole life I've watched churches and people discard each other. I don't want them in my life. The problem is Galatians 6.1, it says, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering yourself, lest you fall into temptation. Bam, pretty simple. It's easy to preach, but it is tough living the word of God but we have the wrong principle. We think that we belong to ourselves still. I quit belonging to me a long time ago. Jesus died for me. I gave my life to him, best move I ever made. And so like just the day I surrendered my life and my sins to Christ, I'm supposed to every day be walking with him, surrendering myself to him. You know, I I don't know. Sin is not to be tolerated. It's not to be pacified. Sometimes we say this phrase, I probably should have said something, you know. Uh, Usually we say something when we shouldn't say something because of our flesh, and we don't say the things that we should say to people. Amen, okay. I'm always, every day of my life, I have to keep working on self. Protecting, protecting my image and who I am instead of protecting the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Myself always wants to do what's best for me. The flesh, myself, is in direct opposition to who God is and what His Word says for my life. Again, I love the verse, Jeremiah seventeen nine. it's in there twice in the Word of God. The heart is deceitful, Desperately, st- desperately wicked who can know it. That's my heart. That's your heart. I don't like hearing that, but that's who I am. I, I preached a, a message. Uh, I preached a few of them. Talked about the book of James. The book of James, just like this text here, is, it just talks about all the things a Christian should not do. And it's just thing after thing after thing. I preached from Mark on Sunday morning a few weeks ago, Mark chapter 8, I think it was, where it says, to follow Christ wholeheartedly, you first must deny self. My problem ain't what's going on in Washington, D.C., over in China, or whatever it is. My problem's right here. Give it in to God all the way and see what he'll do with my life. But self gets in the way. Just like D.L. Moody, self gets in the way. Philippians 2.4, listen to this. Look not every, every man on his own things. That's what I like doing, making sure I'm okay. It says, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. God ain't never changed. You had to have faith in God in the Old Testament for salvation. You have to have faith in God in the New Testament Christ is the sacrifice for all people who have ever lived. That's who he is. God bless us. If you're watching at home and you don't know Christ, I pray that you'd realize that salvation is receiving by faith what he did for you. Take your Bibles, since I don't have much time left, and we'll deal with that uh, during the week, all right? Getting the pastor up here at 25 till. What is that all about? Leviticus Leviticus chapter 25, let's look at verses, um, verse 23. If Ahab, who is a king of the nation of Israel, the one that God set up, the one that delivered them a thousand, maybe 700 years before that from Egypt and made them great, if this king would have read the scripture and married the right wife, like, was that funny or what? Amen. Just trying to get everybody's attention back here as we close out. Here's well, here's Leviticus, part of the law. Listen to what it says. Here's what he would have read. He says, The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. <laughs> what is the scripture saying? It says, The, the earth and the fullness is the Lord's. Amen. He says, God says, The land is mine for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. That just ain't Israel. That's everybody that walks this earth. And in the la- and, and, and all the land of your possession ye you shall grant a redemption for the land. Okay, pay attention here. Just a few more verses. If thy brother be waxen poor and has sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. You could buy the land back for your, your kinfolk. Is that, is that good talking, kinfolk? Southern book right here, buddy, I'm telling you, all right? And if a man have none to redeem it, and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof, and restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold it, that he may... Return unto his possession. Verse 28 is the key right here. Ahab the king should have read this. But if he be able not to restore it to him, this is the land, this is the land that each family was given when they came into Israel. It goes on, Then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that hath bought it until the year of Jubilee. This was every 70 years. It would go, and in the, in the jubilee it shall go out and it shall return unto his possession. That means every 70 years, if there were bad business deals, someone had to go into debt and hawk their land and put their family in debt. In the year of jubilee, everything will return back to that family. It kept people from eternally, families from eternally being in poverty. God has a plan every rule, every law he puts in the Word of God is for a reason. It would go back to the family that belonged to. But I guess Ahab wasn't reading the Word of God or he had the wrong person in his ear. And I think that's the same thing that's happened to us. We used to be a nation. I was talking to someone the other day. When children were taught to read A B C D E F G. The dog jump high or whatever, whatever it was. You know where they were taught to read from? This book right here. Right. This book. Can, is it any wonder that God blessed our nation, but ain't nobody reads this book, and we're in a stinking mess. And when America goes, I'm telling you man, we have a great responsibility as a church. I never want you and me to forget that we're just not here doing something. We're trying to edify and lift each other up and walk, walk with God and love people and forgive people and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we do that, we're changing, we're helping changing a culture around here. And I hope you will not minimize um, how important that is and how responsible we will be to God one day. Hey, let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious word. I thank you for folk who in the middle of the week again made a choice to come to your house to open the Word of God and hear your precious Word, to uh, sing songs about our salvation, about how great you are. Many of them brought their children and they brought their teenagers. Dear God, I pray you're blessing those people as they're, they're enjoying each other and being taught, dear God. But I thank you as always for their faithfulness. And I pray your blessings upon them, if not now, somewhere down the road, because they have invested in your work and in their lives towards you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.